Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More. Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventura. I am joined in the studio by Kayla Walton, Joel Yarmish, and Trisha Casson. And today we're going to talk about the influence of Mother Angelica and other great spiritual advisors that we've experienced in our own lives or really present in the church. But before we do that, um, we should start off with prayer. Kayla, would you like to start us off? Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most blessed Trinity, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you for the gift of witnesses of others. Lord, we just ask that you please give us the grace to truly be the saints that you have called us to be and help us to be led ever closer to you. Our Lady, Queen of Victory, pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you know, it's that Christian witness that we're going to talk about today, especially through Mother Angelica. You know, we're experiencing like a almost... The results of her work. We mm-hmm. wouldn't be on this station, on this show, unless Mother Angelica first kind of like exploded with EWT and both the television network and then this radio program. Just, I mean, not this specific one, but you know, kind of unfold. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Mother, Mother Angelica, Angelica called us up and yeah. said, "Hey, you, you need more. to do this." <laughs> yeah, and, and for those who who might not know, for whatever reason, I, I don't think that it's likely that someone might not know, but uh, she did pass away uh, this past Easter Sunday. Um, so, um, on Easter she, she did pass away. And so we would, um, I don't know. I just wanted to point that out in case anybody hadn't heard that. Right. And I mean, it, it's just more to like, it it is that, that kind of reality, but at the same time, I mean, we wouldn't be here unless she first kind of did that. I I mean, and I think that's something really important to begin with is who was mother Angelica, you know, mm -hmm. and why are we speaking about her? Trisha? Well, her baptismal name is Rita Rizzo. And I feel like with a name like that, you already know the person's going to be full of sass. Why is, that, is that Italian? Rita Rizzo? Yeah. I don't know. It just why, reminds why do you think it's full of, like, is it like hearing it Trisha Cassin well, and thinking that's full of sass? <laughs> it reminds me off of Greece. Wasn't it a yeah, character's it, name Rizzo on Greece? Yeah. Rizzo yeah. on, oh, on Greece? That's oh, I, I thought you were saying Greece. It reminded me no, of no, Greece. 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 Yeah. Okay. Anyways, all right. So yeah, keep going. So sweet little sassy, I'm sure, Rita Rizzo. <laughs> Rita Rizzo. It's a tongue twister. Uh-huh. Um. She was actually from Canton, Ohio, which is so cool. She was a right on the corner from Ohioan. here. Yeah, um, but it's interesting because I don't think she had the upbringing we all imagined this pious Catholic uh, cloistered sister would have had. Mm-hmm. Um, she came from a broken family. Her father left her mother when she was still a young child. Oh my goodness, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she experienced great poverty. Um, she was sick for a lot of her younger life in. Um, she had a point, I think she was 20 or in her 20s, when she visited a woman who had had the stigmata. Mm-hmm. And after she visited her, she heard uh, Christ's voice uh, talk, because her ailment, what she was so sick was, was from something in her stomach, so she would have to wear a corset all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, she heard the voice of Christ tell her to take the corset off, and from that day she was healed. And that was like a huge turning point in her conversion. Well, what had happened was she was told uh, to, she met... Um you know, someone who said, you know, say a novena to St. Teresa of Lisieux. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the ninth day, she woke up and she said she had no pain and, and the lump was gone. And she realized that she, she at that point, she she knew she needed to start living for God because mm-hmm. God cared so greatly for her that he removed that lump and that it made her feel like she was um, important in, in God's eyes. And um, 
you know, as Trisha said, she had a, a really rough uh, upbringing. It was during the Great Depression. Um, she had um, just living with her mom, uh, sometimes with her grandparents, kind of off and on in there. And it was uh, it was very difficult at that time um, to be a single mother. Uh, it's tough to find work, especially in the Great Depression, let alone being a single mother. Um, a lot of stigma going around about divorce in that time. Um, so she she had a very, very rough childhood, as Trisha alluded to. Um, and um, it was after this that she decided she wanted to devote her life to God. She went, uh, she was just praying in a church, and uh, she felt the voice of the Lord calling her to something deeper. And I'd like to just take a moment. I mean, you know, this encounter with, like, healing, she just didn't say, oh, this is just mine. Great, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just going to continue living my life. No, when she encountered the Lord, it forced her to kind of move on and go like say i got to do something with this Mm -hmm. and she wasn't afraid i mean if anybody who's ever heard her speak before she was not afraid to make it known that she had an encounter with the lord maybe not this in this specific healing because she was still very humble um and you know the the humility of she wouldn't bring this up all the time but she was not afraid to say her encounter with the Lord. No, she often said that she thinks boldness should be the 11th commandment. But um, to go on with just Oh, she's her, my kind of girl. All right? <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> so, to go on with her, like a small biography. Um, so she, when she was in her early 20s, she entered the Cloister Convent in Cleveland, Ohio, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, she had, she, she's been said that she had said something like, I know I've been taught by nuns and I know nuns. And most of the nuns I know I don't like. <laughs> or something like oh, okay. that. Or like, don't seem very serious. happy. She would say, like, they seem like they just lost their husband. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. say, kind of to go along with that, the, uh, there was a famous quote. Um, I might, I think it might have been St. Teresa of Avila who said, you know, the world doesn't need more unhappy nuns. More or sour-faced like nuns. Yeah, yeah, yes. More so, sour-faced nuns. Yeah, so she decided to become a sister not to become another unhappy nun, but to be alive for more. Which is which what you're <laughs> listening to on St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820. Um, you can catch us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online, on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we're talking about Mother Angelica, right? We were just talking a little bit about her biography. You know, Raymond Arroyo wrote a great book um, about the the life of Mother Angelica, which is a phenomenal kind of, you know, it goes into more detail of what she went through. We're kind of going like a, you know, 30,000 foot overview and then talking about like her influence, you know, mm-hmm. on on Catholic life, most especially here, not just in the United States, but around the world. But, you know, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people have encountered the Lord through efforts like hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. Even in researching, you know, her life story to talk about it today, you know, we, we just touched on the fact that, you know, she prayed the novena and her prayers were answered. How often um, I'm still learning things from her. How often do we pray for things and, you know, stop focusing on it, then, um, you know, our prayers are answered. And how, how often are we thankful that our prayers are answered? Mm-hmm. Or how often do we move on to the next thing in our life that's bugging us? So even in researching the joys that she was able to see from the healing of the sickness, something that young people, um, not to generalize, take for granted is health. And, and her at such a young age, recognizing um, how cared she was for by God, um, just by curing this illness. And I think something else, too, you know, you mentioned that she had such a great effect. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't her mother enter the order? Her, yeah, her mother really? entered her order. Yes. After oh. her. Yep. So um, she was her mother's mother superior. And so, I mean, <laughs> wow. and that's a, something to kind of, you know, laugh a little bit about, but also to, to just be struck with awe that, you know, this this woman was not only able to change 
the lives of those far-reaching, you know, throughout the country and the world, but even in our own family and in our own home, you know, and what joy I'm sure that brought her and her mother and her family. Um, And, you know, once she became a cloistered nun in Cleveland, the path of her vocation wasn't always roses and it wasn't easy. And, uh, you know, I think we can all relate to that or all of us who are in our vocations uh, or whether, go, walking towards it. Yeah, walking on it. <laughs> right. uh, that it's not always easy, but you just persevere. So when she entered the convent in Cleveland, there were a lot of stairs and she had knee problems and back problems. And she had to leave after so many mm-hmm. years. Um, she had to leave her vocation and get this back surgery. And, um, and then that's when she started to pursue uh, the radio and the Cloistered Convent in Alabama. Um, but so when she was starting to get sick, she told her sisters, her fellow nuns, that uh, give me every tube you can to so that I yeah. can stay alive. And the sisters were like, mother, like, why? Like, why do you want that? And mm. she's like, you don't understand the, um, how did she word it? Uh, the, how important or how valuable every living every day of your life is, or what an extraordinary gift every day that you can live is. And she talked about suffering though. Like we don't understand like the value of suffering, mm-hmm. what it can do for the world. She and, was really big. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. She was mm-hmm. um, a firm believer an advocate. in of advocate of redemptive suffering. And um, do you want to talk about redemptive suffering? Um, she from from uh, when she was 20 years old. I mean, uh, Trisha alluded to her knee and her back pain, and that was from an injury sus- she sustained being a nun. It was like a, a freak floor scrubber accident, like an electric mm-hmm. floor scrubber um, mm-hmm. just hurt her back and her legs so bad. And and so she she lived with this chronic pain for the rest of her life, um, you know, and she had, you know, her stroke in 2001, I think it was. In, 2008. Okay, 2008. 2008. Had, sorry. Two One? Okay, uh, never our, mind. Our, I got our guy. one, yeah. father Nick is zero. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Everything's a competition for sure. Sure. <laughs> in, in father Nick's defense, I think she had uh, a couple. She had a couple strokes, but the, the first one was, was uh, right around uh, 2001. Okay. And, um, I mean, she couldn't even blink uh, one of her eyes, and and it was. Um, I don't know. It's just again something we take for granted so um, commonly is our health, and and this. Um, beautiful example of redemptive suffering that we had in Mother Angelica. The priest who was with her during the final days of her life uh, was saying on Good Friday she was moaning in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, This would have been, you know, two days or three days before she died because she had um, suffered fractures from laying in the same positions and not being able to get out of bed. And Mm. bone fractures, I mean, pathological fractures, are they say some of the worst pain you can have. Um, And... So the sisters, or the nuns, I'm sorry, I keep saying sisters, approached the priest in the hall when he came to see Mother Angelica and said, she's in excruciating pain, Father. And um, the priest just talked about like how appropriate that was because of the word they used, excruciating, and that excruciating comes from the word... From, from the, the cross. From the cross. Yeah. And that even until her last moments, um, she was with the cross and from the cross. And he had brought her a crucifix, and she had kissed a crucifix as one of her last living actions mm-hmm. the day she died and that crucifix was laid on her coffin um, which I think is just so beautiful that from the time she entered into her vocation till her death she was with her spouse on the cross and so faithful to him and never left him and you know I think that if Mother Angelica could tell us today like what she was most proud of I don't think it would be like the radio station or the fruitfulness of the radio station I think it would be that she was faithful to her spouse to the mm-hmm. end 
Yeah. And this love, this love story she had with Jesus Christ. And, you know, that is where her glory is. And it's all from the, from the glory of Jesus. And it's precisely it, Trisha, where she was drawing her joy from that. Like her mm-hmm. suffering didn't make her sour faced, um, didn't make her, you know, as we were saying, something, someone who was lacking joy. She was joyful. And in fact, oh, that, that sense of humor mm-hmm. was, you know, very very direct and to the point and really was just appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know something that that was always hilarious for me is whenever she could glare like nobody else, <laughs> like in a good way, like when you just see her on the, on the television and she would just make this look, you would think she was like glaring at like, she was saying, you sinner, we sinners need to repent. And you, when she would glare at the camera, it'd be like as though she was glaring at you and like, Oh yes, mother, I need to need to, uh, need to re- regroup there. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, she drew her joy, from our Lord, but I think she also drew our strength or her strength from the the our Lord on the cross, you know, the crucifix. And I think, you know, I I look at her life and I am absolutely amazed at how much she was able to accomplish. And you know, you think about the sisters and the media and the books, and you know, there are very few people in our lives who we can take a step back and say truly how did they accomplish that and mm-hmm. i think that there's no other explanation than by the grace of our lord that she was able mm-hmm. to do all of that um Pre- precisely and like so the effect that she's able to have what what sort of things can we kind of take i mean okay we're talking about somebody who is clearly in from another generation of us but we're still experiencing the fruits from that as young adults like what what can we do to kind of carry on this, you know, this joy? I mean, taking, of course, embracing our crosses and kissing them. But other than that, like in our daily lives, what what can we do? Well, just like uh, learning about Mother Angelica since her passing. Um, one of the things I was most struck by, she has so many good one-liners. Um, if you just mm-hmm. type in like Mother Angelica <laughs> quotes, quotes yeah. <laughs> full of one-liners that are so funny. It reminds me of uh, St. Teresa of Avila mm-hmm. in a sense. But um, yeah. one of the things she said that really struck me is she said, if you have a problem in your life you can't fathom or understand, you have to examine your prayer life, not the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man. That's, that, like, that's, if there's, that is powerful. And because, as y- like, Yangtze, you know, young adults where there's so much in our life where we're like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, how do I do yeah. this? How do I solve this problem? Um you know, that just kind of like called me out. Like, you don't have to figure out how to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. You have to figure out how to pray more. How to how to turn it over to our so Lord. True. And, you know, just thinking about, like, she, and, and you know, mm-hmm. as young adults, we think we think we have to do something great right now. Yep, the 20, 24 and under club. Yeah. Isn't that I mean, what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it, which I'm already past. Oh, wait, what's the 24 and under, under club? So there's saints. so many saints who died before they were at 24 or no, at, their, at the age of 24. <laughs> so we always joked about how it's like the 24 and under club. Anyways. Yeah, so, but I'm well keep past going. that. But, but it's <laughs> consoling that Jesus did not start his public exactly. ministry until he was, what, 30, 30, 30, 30 years old. Yeah. Um, so I got three years. So you're saying I should wait to be in public until no, three No, I'm years just saying that <laughs> is so false. <laughs> also important to note, Mother Angelica didn't start EWTN until she was 56. Yeah, so like well, yep. that's where I was going. Uh, Trisha, uh, Trisha won Father Nick, still zero. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all right. Um, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful that it wasn't like when she was in her 20s or when she was first a mm-hmm. professed religious sister that she started this great thing. She responded to the will of the Lord in her moment. Mm-hmm. She wasn't thinking when she was first entered the convent thinking, okay, I'm going to start this radio station. Mm-hmm. No, she was just like, I want to be here with you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I want to be here. 
And, you know, and it's just when we're attentive to being there, being here in the moment. So, like, if if uh, you're listening to us right right now, I mean, being here in the moment with the Lord mm-hmm. is more important than hearing my voice mm-hmm. and, and something or thinking about what you're going to do here in the next five minutes. So, you know, it allows us to be, be present and to see where the Lord wants to, to guide us. Well, I think he wants to guide us to be alive for more. Indeed, oh. he does. Yeah. yeah. There we go. There's you the setup. I tossed it up and you hit it. Yeah. There we go. Well, except I think I tossed and hit. But yeah. anyway, no. Joel <laughs> won. No. Joel won. Father Ventures. Well, yeah. regardless, Jesus wants us to be alive for more. That's uh, what you're listening to on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can listen to us Thursdays at noon or Sundays at 3, or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we are just gathered together talking about the life of Mother Angelica and, you know, just uh, what a witness she was, but is. Still you know? is, Still yeah. Still is. Um, you know, and I think I'm just, as I'm sitting here, we're looking at a picture of her, and uh, I just, I can see in the background um, the uh, the convent where it looks like the the grill where she was in Hansville. And if you've ever had an opportunity to be there, I think that the one word that comes to mind in thinking about the place where she lived and that she started is thoughtfulness. You know, everywhere you looked, there was something that had meaning Mm -hmm. and it wasn't overly done or overly crowded, but just every little element, um, every little corner had meaning in it. And I, I think that that's, you know, the life of Mother Angelica, every part of her life was just thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um and just very focused on our Lord's grace, Joel. Yeah, and um, you know, we we mentioned earlier that we're going to talk about what we what we look for in a, a spiritual leader, people who have influenced us in our life. And I think one of the the big things and and one of the key characteristics that I think are really appealing to a lot of people are um the fact that the the acts that define these good spiritual people are not um huge and they're not unattainable. You see these characteristics in the leaders, and you say man, I could do that. It's just, these are the things that I need to do. They give you small little details that they do, their thoughtfulness, their focus, Mm -hmm. their commitment, these things that a lot of little things that add up to like these huge actions. And, um, that was something that I I really learned about, um, mother Angelica when, when doing the research is, you know, she started, she started, she was very, very poor to begin her life. She did not have, um, a lot of parental influences. I mean, she had no father, her mother, um, you know, there was some stuff going on there as well. And, and she just opened her heart to the Lord and, and allowed the Lord to work through her. And you think about all the ways that you personally are blessed and the ways that you could serve the Lord. And mm-hmm. and you look at her as an example of just opening her heart. And that's something that everyone can do. Everyone's right. able to open their heart in prayer. Right. Something that has been kind of a, a cycle for me in my homilies lately has been, you know, talking about, you know, we want we're, we're so eager to do something. To like say, oh, I can do this. And it's like, well, no, actually, it's the Lord working in us, mm-hmm. permitting the Lord to do these things through us. Because anything we do right now, anything that we kind of think it's by ourselves, kind of crumbles, kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. But when we do it with the intent of mm-hmm. doing the Lord's will, of following his will, 
it I mean there, it takes on its own life mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I'm really excited because you actually it just brought to mind it, um, like three things just came to mind all at okay. once which kind of happens sometimes it's a little overwhelming sometimes no not all the time okay so um, it, welcome you know, to the mind of a woman yeah <laughs> exactly thank you um, it, the Mother Teresa once said I am nothing but a pencil in the hand of a God writing a love letter to the world mm-hmm. um, and I think that you know that's Mother Angelica's life um but the important thing to remember though about her life is that it wasn't perfect you know and i can go on the whole dissertation of a pencil but mm-hmm. there's a um because you're a teacher well yes but, <laughs> <laughs> but also because i was with the sisters um sister regina marie who was the mother superior often mm-hmm. in one of her talks she would talk about how you know if you see this picture perfect pencil um it's a perfect pencil and if you see this pencil next to it that's like all chewed up and really short and stubby and has no eraser, um, it still is a perfect pencil because it's serving the purpose for which it was created. And like they're both uh, equally um, perfect because mm-hmm. they're able to serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, in the life of Mother Angelica and in our lives, like we may be broken, we may um, have made mistakes, and we don't have to be that picture-perfect pencil as long as we um, are in a place where we allow our Lord to use us. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. precisely. I mean, it, it's it's fitting to what he has us for. And it doesn't make us just um, automatons or, you know, things to be used, a utilitarian kind of thing. No, there there is when we're talking about purpose here, we're talking about a a created will, something that God says, I know I created you for something. I want this to be happened so well, so personally that I made another person to do it. So, yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've often heard it said that, you know, there's nothing better than doing exactly what you were created to do, you know, mm-hmm. you to living a life fully as you were created to live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another great example that people look for in a spiritual leader, someone who's happy um, mm-hmm. and someone as someone who is going to um, guide them. Um, you want... Uh, I guess you want someone to make you feel alive for more. Um, <laughs> but um, but no, to finish job, my buddy. to to finish my point, uh, you look for you don't want you're not really going to be eager to follow someone who has a sour face on all the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, you look for someone who's truly happy and is going to bring other people around uh, to what they're doing. And I think that's uh, summed up perfectly in Mother Angelica. And again, you are listening to uh, Alive for More um, on Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio. You can hear us uh, Thursdays at noon or. Thursdays, at, Thursdays noon. at noon, Sundays at three, or online on, de- on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And thank you, Joel. I mean, and you're also hearing uh, Trisha Casson, Kayla Walton, and myself, um, Father Nick Ventura, which, by the way, I have to point out something. You guys keeping all these scores. My parishioners are listening to this now, and so now they know your names. Oh, and- dear. <laughs> well, they don't know where to find us. <laughs> well, that's true. But they came down to the studio at the right time. I was going to say they know where to find us Thursdays at noon, noon and, and Sundays, Sundays at three. Online, <laughs> on demand. Yep. And for those of you just joining us, you know, we, we're just talking about Mother angelica and um you know again just what a witness she is of our lord's goodness and you know we only have a couple minutes so i think now would be a really great time to uh, to share maybe our favorite mother angelica quotes um i know trisha you just shared one. Oh yeah um if you wouldn't mind can you repeat yours one more time sure um i can repeat it but i also have one that I oh think. okay great okay, you, go for that yeah. one go for that one but don't steal mine yeah um, <laughs> Something well, something a characteristic that I loved about Mother Angelica is that she was very real, and um, she was attractive to not only the pious Catholic, but to the fallen away Catholic, to the person who doesn't even know who Jesus was, the person who um, 
you know, is convicted of all of these crimes, but her joy was attractive to all. It was very universal. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's just like a realness to like the human person that I think she understood. Um, And one of my favorite quotes from her is just that if it wasn't for people, we could all be holy. (laughs) Wow. You know, if it wasn't for people, we could all be holy. Yeah. Oh, wow. She just understood, I think, like the needy grittiness of like trying to live a holy life. And yeah, yeah, I just like really appreciate that about her. No, and that and. That, that is actually really good. Quote. What was the other quote that you had said earlier in the um, show? The other quote that I had said is she had said, if you have a problem in your life, you can't fathom or understand. You have to examine your prayer life, not the problem. That, those are two great, are great, great mm-hmm. quotes. I know. Yeah. I mean, I don't exactly have a quote, but, you know, I, I listen to Catholic radio often, which might surprise our producer. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there there are these moments actually when when they're programming playing minutes with mother and like every, my favorite one has to be when she's talking about do not let your hearts be troubled. Um, and she and it's really just interesting interpretations that she was like saying, you know, you know, our Lord is saying, no, I'm not going to protect you from being uh, attacked or troubled. Only you can just don't trouble yourself. Trust in the Lord more than you trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And that that's always been something that kind of goes mm-hmm. with me. Kayla or Joel? Um, I, I like this one because I, I think that she... Um, well, I just think that it is a powerhouse quote. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, a soul that trusts God is invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, a soul that trusts God is invincible. And I think that, you know, oftentimes in today's society, just even lately, sometimes that watching the news or um, just in my own life, almost feeling like defeated. Mm-hmm. Like, are we ever going to, you know, is good really going to, I know that their Lord has conquered the grave and I know that good is ultimately going to triumph over evil, but I think sometimes we can get discouraged. And so reading it, her quote um, is really just, you know, a boost. Uh, right, yeah. like a boost of it. Yeah, like we can do this and it Jesus is, is Lord. Yeah, yeah, with God, all things are possible. Yep. Yeah. Joel. I, I don't have a favorite quote. My favorite story, though, is um, I'll try and make it quick, is my wife and I always uh, joke, we're big fans of Mother Angelica, but we always joke that uh, if we see a clip of her, we don't know whether it was shot in like 1970 <laughs> <Yeah>. or 1996. <laughs> she's, she's looked at the, it, it seems like she's looked exactly the same for our, you know, in every picture I've ever seen of her. And we even saw a picture of her um, recently of when she was a baby and she's still like, like there's no mistaking that that baby is Mother Angelica. So it's, uh, that's, that's wonderful. Um, she just, yeah. She and her was, content is always timeless. Yeah. I mean, it's the yeah. content of the it's, church. It's perfect. So. so unfortunately, that's all we could spend hours talking about Mother Angelica, but unfortunately we have to close with prayer. So, Trisha, could you close us in prayer? Yeah, let us close in prayer with Mother Angelica's favorite Bible quote, her favorite scripture that mm-hmm. was opened in her Bible on her coffin mm-hmm. um, at her funeral. It's from a reading of the letter of the Corinthians. And all of us with our unveiled faces like mirrors reflecting the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the image that we reflect in brighter and brighter glory. This is the working of the Lord who is the Spirit. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Again, this is Alive for More. You can catch us Thursdays at noon, Sundays at 3, or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. God bless you. Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Sancti Sancti